0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City. Here are your Middle Age Warriors, Chris Semino and Rick Summers.
1: All right, we've made it to a pair of
0: eights. 88. Pair of eights. Crazy yeah. eights. The we great are, eights.
1: We're destined for triple digits. Welcome back to Middle-Age Warriors. <laughs> Mr. Rick Summers alongside my side are you actually along my side my side i, I am
0: video well we're zoom
1: wise but whatever. Yeah. i am chris amino he's rick summers thanks again for checking us out and uh we're excited yeah. we've got a we've got a good guest coming up today and yeah, uh, dr uh,
0: brian's gonna be with us and uh he's uh you know approaching middle age warrior <laughs>
1: Well, he's a, he's a grandpa already, which is ahead of me in a weird way. But yet, I believe he's younger than I am. But he's sort of our resident doctor. And, and what I do like about him is is his uh, his stability and and how his calming tonality to delivering information. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. You but almost I want to talk.
0: He was your doctor, don't you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. He he really has has that that very pleasant. You know, bedside manner. Yeah, that makes you feel really comfortable. But I want to talk to you a little bit, because in the interim, a couple of things you went to actually experience and see that we haven't even discussed. And I say this because we've had lunch prior to this, hanging out together for two, three hours, gabbing away, as we usually do when we get together. But I didn't bring it up. You went to see on Broadway the the Michael Jackson play. Right. Oh, right? Right. Uh, Yeah. And you and you saw Mr. Saturday Night, yeah, Billy Crystal. Oh my, Billy Crystal. So which one?
0: Which one do you want to talk about first? I saw Michael Jackson first, and that was really one of the few shows that I asked Valerie because she gets the tickets because she reviews shows. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you can get tickets to that and I can go, I would really like to go with you. Tell you, blown away. It was great. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's really. It's not what I thought it was going to be what does that mean it's not going to be like uh i don't know what's the word i'm looking for it's not going to be necessarily chronologically okay step by step Mm -hmm. but you know it it talks about his relationship with his family his father Mm -hmm. um, and you see how this kid you know was just managed by the universe to become what he became and they talk about you know, thriller. I mean, it's not like a, a big going to see a stone show and you're going to hear all the songs. It's they're peppered with a lot of great Jackson five music that was unbelievable.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, the thing about that, and you know, you, you bring up the whole relationship with his dad, etc. And, and I guess, from what you're telling me is they sort of avoided all of the complications in the later years but the thing you bring up points to what i always felt he was never really a child which maybe is why he was a child so to speak exactly yeah. as an adult and he never got the chance to live that and then i think a lot of wires got crossed and and the thing though i mean there are some people i've had people come to me and say you know they, they're kind of glorifying the play and i understand that i'm not trying to poo-poo the play and and the guy the the, the young man who's doing it is is amazing i've seen some yes, clips yes. from yeah. he's fantastic And yet you you don't just step into Michael Jackson's, you know, shoes or gloves for that matter. That's like
0: like pinch hitting for Mickey Mantle.
1: Yeah, it's just, you know, Uh, but that being said, there are people who feel like, well, this is great, but you're glossing over some of the things about his life. Where he kind of scarred other people along the way, yeah, um, you know, and so I think there's a little bit of that mixed feeling towards it. And I, but I find that I do find I don't know how you feel about it, and, and I have to question it a little bit. It's okay. So we've seen other people do things in life that are not exactly uh, appropriate, maybe even breaking laws. They do or don't get caught doing it, but everybody sort of knows it. Some of these people their careers and their lives end and they're blacklisted and nobody even wants to ever mention them again, other than
0: get elected president of the United States. Well, you know,
1: (laughs) sorry, but that's my point. And so it's sort of, you know, there are some people, you you know, you have to whisper their name, you know, going down the road after something has been brought to light, but yet something like this now it's on Broadway and everybody's proclaiming how wonderful. And there's no denying that he was an absolutely, probably one of the greatest performers ever. Ever. Absolutely, yeah. Super talented, but there's also no denying some of the other stuff that had happened, and it's funny how we're willing to look the other way for some people and not for others. And I don't know whether it's because our own gratification. Well, yeah, but how could we not listen to these Michael Jackson songs? They're so freaking good. Or Jackson Five. We, we, you know, they, they're our life. There was that was growing up. This was part of our childhood. We'll get back to our show in a second, but first, an important message from one of our sponsors. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan-favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up. And use our promo code "believe" B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And yeah. so, is it because we're selfishly holding on to that that we
0: can ignore the other stuff, or you know, like, I, I I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, I I think you've given this way too much thought.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> That'll no, be a whole I, other I, show. I we should that, do.
0: We should that, do. That, I no, we should do a, a show on icons
1: that no. have have misstepped, but yet remain. Well, some remain icons and others, you know, don't. They become, you know, disintegrated icons. They become
0: decons.
1: (laughs) So somebody who, as far as I know, has had a wonderful career and
0: there's no stuff around him. Billy Crystal, how was that show? That had to be great. I love Billy Crystal. I got to tell you, it was amazing. I, again, didn't know what to expect because I'd seen Billy Crystal's show uh, a few years ago, 700 Sundays, I think it was called. Yes. And that was brilliant. Yes. So I didn't really know what to expect on this one. This is Mr. Saturday Night, which i had never seen before. Um, But I have to tell you, it was poignant, sweet, profound. It really made you think, which is something that we don't do a lot of lately.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing about Billy, and and like you said, the other, I guess it was seven, I think it was 700 Sundays. And I did see that uh, not Live, but I saw it on—I don't know if it was HBO, whoever had right. covered it. Yeah. But anything he does, you know, he has this wonderful ability in his storytelling to make you laugh, belly laugh, hysterically, yeah. and, and you could be crying thirty seconds later from the sentimentality of it all too. He really is such a quintessential New York guy, and he gets all of the the vibrations, the subtleties from family members and friends and people that we come in contact with. And he just he just knows how to regurgitate that, for lack of a better way, um, on a stage and present it where we all go like, yeah, yeah, I've been there. I know what the, yeah,
0: I, I have an what? uncle like that, you know. when When people say, think of somebody you'd like to have dinner with, mm. he would be at the top of my list. Yeah, he, I mean, he's got to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah, a great storyteller. He's a great storyteller. It sounds like he's got a heart of gold, and uh, is just, uh, you know, made us laugh along the way.
1: Now he's got a, a, you know, obviously a lot of friends in the industry who all say positive things about him. So uh, this is a guy that's done it right, and I'm a little jealous. You got to see that. I'm, I'm going to. I, hopefully, I don't know how long it's running. I, I would love to see uh, yeah. that show. I really would. I think I, you know he's he's one of you my. You And
0: I will tell you this. It wasn't sold out. Really? It was It was pretty full, and you thought it would be sold out, but uh, there were a couple of pockets of seats uh, yeah. that could be had. So. Well,
1: so now you've given me the transition as we uh, go to our guest today, because some of the reason for that might have been there's been an uptick, obviously, here in New York and the Northeast and some other various parts of the country in the latest variant of COVID, which, you know, uh, thankfully is not as as deadly and doesn't seem to be as impactful in putting people in the hospital, but nonetheless, the numbers have been rising. And that could have been one of the reasons why that theater was empty, but uh, we've got our friend, Dr. Brian McDonough here to, uh, I guess, set the record straight and see where we're going, right? Okay, let's get to our guest. He's sort of a familiar voice on this show already. We've had him here several times. The author of four books, including Talking Health with Dr. Brian McDonough, because his name is Dr. Brian McDonough. And he is also the clinical professor of family medicine at Temple University School of Medicine, vice president and chief health informatics officer for Trinity Health Middle Atlantic. Lots of titles, Dr. B, but uh, great to have you back on the show. And
2: how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we've been on the show. Fortunately, what I'm talking about is a little more optimistic than it was in those early stages. I mean, so we ha- we are making advances, but I do think, you know, obviously I'm talking about COVID before. I think it's, uh, it's continuing and we're getting kind of used to the fact, they used the term, it went from pandemic to endemic, but mm-hmm. I think you know, we're kind of realizing it's here with us, and so we got to deal with it and figure. Hey, best
0: I best. wanted to say you really took a step into middle age warriordom since the last time that we all got together, and that is grandfatherhood. Congratulations! Yeah.
2: Congrats! Oh, thank you. It's so much fun. In fact, I'm I'm, I'm off this week, and uh, this morning, and my my daughter was over, so I, you know it's nothing like spending a couple hours just holding a baby and
0: mm. you know,
2: the comfort, calm it gives you, and you see you know you see your whole life behind you and going forward it's it's exciting it's uh, yeah it's-
1: love love the scent of the babies all right isn't that smell of a of an infant amazing it
2: really is amazing it's all right so it's just wonderful <laughs> you smile you know they get that five month smile you don't know whether it's actually gas or yeah <laughs> <laughs> they really love you but, but you, yeah. you just assume they do
1: of course take it they can't they can't uh, back it up with anything vocal at that point so take it as a smile for you absolutely yeah. So you know, in moving forward with this, and as you said, each time we speak to you, the condition is getting a little bit better, but it's not going away. And obviously, I think we have to realize that the COVID scenario, to some extent, may never go away. My question to you is, how much of it as we move forward down the road and the response to it is emotionally attached to it at its worst compared to how we really should be emotionally reacting to it at this point?
2: You know, I think what happened, and it, and it is human nature, is most people are like, I have had enough. There's this feeling I want to move past it. I just want to move on and put it in the rearview mirror. And sadly, that's not, not what COVID plans. I mean, COVID basically has done what COVID's going to do, which was a virus does. And we've been saying it from the beginning. It just kind of, it spreads, it finds people to go to, and that's how it stays alive. And then it mutates and it changes and it doesn't, most viruses that kill people don't last long because they kill people and it doesn't spread. So like Ebola, remember we heard about that, that that was out there. And then we didn't hear much about it because sadly it just devastated whoever had it. COVID was the worst of all situations because uh, before we had the vaccines and any kind of treatment, it just killed people who were high risk and, and others somewhat randomly, but also spread throughout the community. Giving people long COVID or minimal symptoms, but allowing itself to go and go and go. And that's what we have. Now, fortunately, probably one of the greatest public health initiatives ever was we got this vaccine. And we got a vaccine that, believe it or not, I mean, unbelievably works far better than we ever could have considered, you know, as an mRNA vaccine. And even with people not wanting to get vaccinated, we got enough people to buy in that we were at least were able to protect them. You know, we lost or continue to lose people who weren't vaccinated. Uh, and then, you know, we went through the whole misinformation, the information, the political battles, this, that, everything. Yeah. And we're at a point now where the virus is again spreading rapidly. Uh, we're picking up, especially in New York, New Jersey, East Coast. But the thing is, because so many people are vaccinated, because we have treatments like Paxlovid, and because of the fact that we're lucky and it's mutating and getting somewhat weaker, we're, we're able to take advantage of that. And we're not seeing the bump of hospitalizations we had in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we have to hope for.
0: You're listening to middle Age warriors with Chris Mino and Rick Summers and Dr. Brian McDonough our special guests and is actually part of the family at this point, cause he's been on with us so many times. Everybody in your family is doing okay with this?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've had cases in the family where, where people have gotten COVID. I mean, I lost a family member early on before anything could be done. That was devastating um, for our entire family. And yet mm-hmm. now we're, you know, we've had people who have gotten it like everybody else. And because they've been vaccinated, get the medicine, they fight like crazy through it. And it's not easy, but it's more like the flu than right. it yeah. was. And I think that's that's where we are. And that's why I continue to tell people if you... If you haven't been vaccinated, think about it, you know, think about getting boosted. Uh, You know, if you're indoors, a situation where you think you could be high risk or whatever, wear masks, Uh, make sure you test yourself if you're going to a big event and you stay away if you have symptoms, if you think you have a cold, just do everybody else a favor and don't go. You know, and so I think we're at the point where I think a lot of people are starting to make smarter choices or at least you hope they are.
1: You know, you brought something up to go back to typically, again, you're the doctor, we are not, and, and I think a lot of us are misinformed and don't really always understand how viruses typically work. Is it the norm that as a virus moves along and mutates, it tends to be somewhat weaker in the you know symptomatically in the, in the impact? That's normal for a virus? Is it possible this is not the normal virus, or is it pretty much in that regard, each time it seems to mutate, while it may spread faster, uh, it tends to be weaker in terms of its impact on, on us physically?
2: There's no way to predict it, but the coronaviruses in general, and remember, they're all over the place. We have, there's lots of coronaviruses. They tend to weaken over time. This one obviously was a different animal, so to speak. It came out of the box totally different um, in in its aggressiveness and why it did the damage it did. And we still aren't quite so sure why it has worked the way it has, you know, despite all the research. But usually they do tend to weaken over time anything can happen for instance there's probably hundreds of mutations going on all the time Mm -hmm. but certain ones spread easier and it's like the darwinian theory the ones that spread faster are the ones that survive so so thus far the more lethal ones the ones that make you sicker are not necessarily spreading as fast it's the ones that uh, you know that that basically are a little easier on the system, and again, because we have built in immunity in so many people from the vaccine or from even getting it, there's the, there's some layer of protection.
0: You know, it's funny. We just got back. We were down in Orlando for a conference for a week, and you could really tell the Southerners from the I don't want to say New Yorkers, but Northerners who are more apt to wear masks. Down south in Florida, where it was an unbearable 95 degrees for a couple of days, can understand not wanting to wear a mask, because I remember going through that up here in New York last summer and the summer before. But it's just interesting how political this whole thing continues to be and how people still refuse to admit that wearing a mask of any kind and you can correct me if i'm wrong might diminish your ability to pick up the coronavirus
2: you know i will tell you if you ask me especially early uh, you know when we were treating patients before there was a vaccine and don't want to go back to it but you know sleeping in the basement and getting dressed in <laughs> the and all the horrific days of just wondering if you were going to make it the thing that really kept it together for us was wearing masks because we learned, I mean, we learned rapidly the times that people weren't wearing masks. Like you went back to your office and you said, oh, I don't need a mask back here. That was when people got it. And it was so easy to see you got it when you weren't wearing the mask. It, it, and, and it also made so much common sense. It spread through droplet nuclei. If you're wearing a mask and somebody else is wearing a mask, it's much harder to get fluid from one person to another. I mean, it's just the way it is. And it's such common sense. And yet... Somehow it did become political. And it's bizarre because th- there is no logic. But because one of the strengths and weaknesses of the internet and, and mm-hmm. this information is you can get a lot of good information out there, but, but there's also bad information. And I think if you don't vary your source of information, you're at risk too. And I, I mean, whatever you're listening to or watching, it's always the same thing. You're going to get one message. I mean, we see this now, you can see it in Russia. People have a certain view because they're being told one thing mm-hmm. and that will be their view. And that becomes true if that's what you hear. So there are people out there who just listen to similar sources and common sense has been you know, taken from them for whatever bizarre reason. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, there are I and mean, I've seen reports out there and I know people who I'm friends with on social media, et cetera, who see these reports that say, well, there was a study done that shows the mask actually did nothing. It did nothing in preventing the spread. It's 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 useless. It's just a controlling mechanism. And how do people who come across these various articles how how I mean you've got to make the choice to sift through what you think is the truth or not because some of these reports they're they're stamped with a title of that sounds like it's an official you know medical organization that's making a very smart judgmental call in a study that they did. But is that BS?
2: Well, you know, if you think about it, I'll take an area, you know, I I obviously know not much about, say, investing in finance. (laughs) If I read something from investing in finance, and and it's packaged well, I don't know the rate limiting question. There's a question that you have to know to ask. And I always remember, you know, when I was young in medicine, especially early on, not that they had bad intentions, but you know, we would be detailed by representatives from pharmaceutical companies. they come to the hospital and they tell you about a new medicine that did X, Y, or Z. If you didn't know the question to ask, they could go down and, and make five consecutive points and you go, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Boy, you know, nobody's ever going to have an ear infection again or whatever. Hey, hey, right. <laughs> but, but if you knew to say, well, wait a minute, you know, in that study, there were only 22 people mm. and you make that leap. You have to know enough to ask the question. And in fairness to most people, they don't. Why would they? They they don't spend their whole life like me reading articles, you know, they're they're normal. They go out and think about things. So I I, I think that's the thing that you have to realize. People have the best intentions. And I I will tell you, I've been doing this now, talking about COVID since the beginning. You know, whether it's podcast, radio, Hmm. whatever. Everything I've done, I've gotten very little blowback or aggressive attacking because. I try to meet people where they are. I I do believe the vast majority of people do not have evil in their minds. They're trying to do what they think is right. And they're trying to take that and they're trying to move forward. And I think if you say that, you just say, hey, listen, what do I gain by telling you to do something? Like I'm not selling masks. Right. I'm not, I don't own the pharmaceutical companies. I don't, you know, I don't care. All I care, my job is to see if somebody can stay healthy and move forward. And I think that's what you need to do. You need to find somebody you trust. Like somebody might hear me here and go, I don't know this guy. And I get that. But talk to your doctor that you know or talk to someone who you trust who's informed. That's the part that frustrates me. I don't understand why people don't.
0: And that's why we keep coming back to you because you are so knowledgeable and so trustworthy and reassuring. And we really do appreciate everything you bring to us on middle-aged warriors it's interesting because i have had chronic sinus problems my whole life i was in to see my ent last year and i asked him how he was doing and he said you yeah, know hanging in there we're doing okay i said what have you noticed cold and flu season wise he said oh way down we have so many fewer patients coming in for cold and flu stuff and so that has to be in correlation to, A, people are now washing their hands religiously and wearing masks and not coughing. And I, I just have to think that cold and flu season was a lot less debilitating for, for me and for many people, I think, last year, because we were wearing masks.
2: This year when we thought, you know, let's face it, two years ago, people weren't even out and about. So they're not out, but you're not gonna get anything. Right. I expected a huge bump. That's what you would expect. Like all these people haven't been exposed, their immunity's down. Now they're going to get exposed and it's going to be horrible, cold and flu season. And it was okay. And it wasn't mm-hmm. that bad because you like, to your point, you had people continuing to wear masks, washing their hands. They changed their approach to hygiene and things. And so we may see things not necessarily quite as bad as they were in the past for those reasons. And I think that's an important thing. I mean, sure, we build immunity by being exposed to things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you use common sense no matter what. I mean, you know, you, you just you just figure out what works. And that's why I'm telling people they don't have to always wear masks. Pick your spots. Mm-hmm. Pick big country. So somebody I will tell you in the South in the summer is when we see we've seen it two years in a row now, big spikes. You're gonna see big spikes of cases in the South. Why? Because it gets really hot. People go indoors. And to your point, you do have a significant percentage of people in many of the Southern states who have not gotten vaccinated and they're not wearing masks. So you're just going to see higher numbers. It just follows logic that that's what will happen. I hope we don't see the hospitalizations go up of the vaccination rate. But uh, if you're on the East Coast, you've got a lot of people who've been vaccinated. So that protects you. Whether you've been vaccinated or not, that protects you that a lot of people have taken that into their own hands.
1: You know, and again that continues to be something that I continue to hear, you know, in the, in the media from people who allegedly are fairly educated spewing this nonsense that okay, oh look, the vaccine doesn't work, somebody still tested positive. I tested yes. positive after the vaccine not not all that long ago, but you know, again I was pretty much asymptomatic. I didn't you know, I I was fine, but how do we drill that home, number one, to understand, hey, the vaccine doesn't mean you can't get this again. It just means, it, hopefully it'll just be like a cold or maybe a flu or maybe nothing at all. That's right. what we're trying to do here. But why is that, law? it's just so lost in translation. And I, it's simple, this isn't that hard. What's the, what's the problem here?
2: So like in a way, it's what people wanna hear. First of all, initially, mm-hmm. I will tell you, the messaging was poor initially. Yeah. Right off the bat, you had people saying at high political positions, the highest actually saying "Yeah, you're going to get a dozen cases, 14 cases. Don't worry about it. It was just really shot down as unimportant. People said, I have taken this path and I'm not going to admit I'm wrong. And it continues. So then you have a split direction. Then what happens is the people who were speaking, they promoted science. But, you know, the first thing I say, the first thing I say to patients is, you know, I'm going to do the best I can with the science we have. But we call it a practice for a reason. And you laugh because you <laughs> you know, you're know you trying to get better. But we're all humans. We're all, you know, we're all good. Nobody's perfect. And let me tell you, when you're dealing with viruses, everything changes. So I don't think the expectations were managed at the beginning. You know, where it, first it was, don't wear a mask. Well, the reason nobody was wearing masks initially was they were trying to save the limited mask supply they had for the people who were working with. Well, needed, yeah. But they should have said we don't have enough masks, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't fail you. Maybe we should have thought ahead, but you know, our pandemic people never bought enough masks. So since we did it, we're saving them for the hospitals. People would have gone with that. We will get them to you as soon as you can. The second thing they should have done was they should have started promoting vaccines. I remember prior to the election, there was great advertising about the elections, but in the months leading up to the vaccine, there should have been four months of we're in this together. We're doing this together and you know we we will beat this, and and you almost made it like we're going to war, and we got to fight together. People would have done that, and frankly, the people who were in political power probably would have lost their jobs because people would have said, "All right, we're at war. Let's just stick with what we got. We'll do it." But it was just totally misread, and then that led people to doubt things. Once you doubt and you don't believe, and you don't trust, you start mm-hmm. to fall prey to other things, and I think that's really. When you look back at it that's the issue um, one of the reasons i started you know first the coronavirus today audio and then the dr brian mcdonough doctor in the pandemic videos is i have an audio record and a video record of saying things from march of that of 20 you know the first year going through a two-year period and i'm saying the same things then that i'm saying now the problem was we weren't unified in what we were saying i was saying we don't know if we have all the answers but let me tell you something, a mask, it, it, from the very beginning, a mask will work, get a vaccine, let's, let's pray to get a vaccine, let's hope we get medications, hopefully someday, this will be like the flu, and you'll be able to get a vaccine, and you'll be able to take an antiviral, and yes, we will lose people, but the numbers will be way down, because we have better control. I said that within two months of the virus, and, and there was. I'm not a genius, that's just the way it was. Hmm. And I think that message needed to be delivered early, often, and continuously.
0: Hey, Brian, I wanted to ask you from a medical school standpoint, what are you seeing now, uh, as opposed to a couple of years ago, with uh, the kids who are lining up to become uh, the future doctors of America? Is there a better attitude? Is there more optimism?
2: It's mixed. I will tell you that people who are practicing are burnt out a large number whether they're nurses, doctors, they're, they're just burned out because they've been fighting these battles and trying to be polite and, and, and not get upset. So and some many have left mm. younger people, I, and I get energy from that, uh, just like they're so concerned about our environment in the future, just like they're concerned about sharing things with others and, and sharing things with the world. They have a very similar approach to medicine. They're like they're going into medicine saying, maybe I can make a difference. And that that gives me hope, because if you have people who believe that, you know, sure, they want to make a living, they want to do well. But medicine, you know, say what you want, it's not going to be the living it was in past generations. Right. It's right. going to be more of something where you're giving back. So I think you might get a lot of, and I think you are getting a lot of really highly motivated people to make a difference. And I teach medical students as well. And it, it's really cool to see the energy and the enthusiasm that they have. And I think we're going to need it you know, in healthcare for those who are older and and have had that frustration.
1: Well, that's promising. Not to beat a dead horse, I wanted to go back to to the the vaccine (laughs) concept again because and just to bring some clarity to it, do you think mandating was a good thing or a bad thing? Because it seems like when that happened, that's when people got this pushback of they're just trying to control me they're they get right. the suspicion level one because it was mandated would there have been a better way to have done this to get the masses all in i mean you sort of started to explain it uh, in your previous answer
2: and it's in the messaging think about it children have been mandated all yeah, right vaccines mm-hmm. and, and although there have been and a small group of anti-vaxxers who have spoken against it and we've seen pockets of infection where people have done it We've done really well with vaccines. I think this similar approach should have been taken, but I think the approach should have been you know, explaining why they felt it was safe, showing it was safe, and what the advantages were, and then saying to help others, we need to have this done. But you immediately, immediately had groups of people saying, and again, at high political levels in different states saying, we are not going to mandate this, mandate is evil. Mm. And it's hard right. without a unified message to get that, right. uh, and uh, and and I do think um, it should have been unified, and it would have gone better because I don't think there would have been problems. I really worry about vaccines and kids going further forward. Like, have we done damage to that mm-hmm. whole concept? I mean, I, I mean, I will tell you, you know, I do, I do medical reports, you know, for New York, Philly, and for years I've always talked about. Hopefully, we will get to the point where we're not treating diseases, we're preventing them through vaccinations and understanding genetic treatments. And that was always the goal. And now yeah. all of a sudden vaccine, like preventing a problem is a bad word. He's evil. In any other area in life, if you can prevent a problem, you go, that's a great thing. I'm going to prevent my tire from bursting on the highway. I'm going mm-hmm. to prevent my house from burning down. Who would say that's wrong? But for whatever bizarre reason, Uh, It was turned into a political
0: argument, as as, as usual, a political volleyball. And I always like to say to people, think of going back all those years ago when polio was rampant. I don't know anybody in our lifetime who's died of polio (laughs) lately.
2: Right. And I remember as a little boy, you know, Middle East warriors, I remember a little Mm -hmm. boy having friends whose fathers had like a real small leg and I'd be like, yeah. small leg. Well, it was muscle atrophy from polio. Oh, yeah. You yeah. saw these people and now, you know, they, they've lived their full lives Fortunately, those who survived. But the thing is we don't talk about it and that should be an argument that explains what's going on. And right. but I'll tell you, there are still people in the hospital who have been at the end of their life. And there's hundreds of documented stories who still wanted ivermectin and didn't want the treatments that are out there and didn't trust anybody to the very end. And Mm -hmm. in in the frustration for us care for people is, I mean, you know, you can help someone and they don't want the help. That is so hard to deal with emotionally.
1: And what do you say, you know, I've seen these lately, some, some posts, what do you say to the people? Let's say there's a hundred thousand vaccines and out of every hundred thousand, I don't know, five people may have a seizure that they're, they're relating to the vaccine. So, does that mean we stop? From your perspective, you you understand, I'm sure that sometimes there are going to be a few rare, very rare instances where perhaps a vaccine does trigger something that it's not supposed to. How do we manage that?
2: Well, you test. Uh, like I was speaking of Dr. Paul Offit, who you know invented a vaccine and is on all the panels. You know, you you first of all you test to get the maximum safety profile you get. But every medication we use essentially is working because it has a side effect. <laughs> the side effect is it prevents the infection or whatever. But, but there will be other people who might have their heart rate increase or someone else mm. who has a rash. Or, but to your point, we don't we, if we see someone has that, we, we move to another treatment. But right. other than that, we understand, you know, you play the percentages. So <laughs> but the thing about the mRNA that's so incredible is, I mean, Think about it. You got people who want to attack it. You got people who really want to blow it out of the water. And you've had millions and millions of people get it. And we're not seeing anything like that. Really? Limited... So that tells you that it really, it is, it is one of them. I think it's probably that we're only 22 years into the new century, but it's probably the greatest invention of the century. And then when I see that, you know, there's a million deaths in the United States, and I see six and a half million in the world, and I realize that's not even probably measuring it. The World Health Organization says it could be triple that if you look at it. Mm-hmm. You think of all those deaths, nothing does that. It's one of the top three causes of death in, in the world right now is COVID. And if we didn't have the vaccine,
0: you know, oh, my God, you know,
1: yeah, but, but men don't think twice if they take a blue pill for something else. Uh, maybe some side effects. I don't know, but uh, it's going to take care of something I, 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 else. But you know, it'll that's, help
0: me Friday night.
1: Yeah, know. exactly. That's the mindset. And it's just interesting to see this juxtaposition of one thing that's supposed to be good for you. And look, as you said, if you listen to any of these drug commercials you hear at the end, all the side effect possibilities. Oh yeah. People continue to take them for, you know, to to improve their life. Well, I just, that's why this did become way, way, way political. It, it, be, it got outside of what it was supposed to be.
2: But, you know, uh, I think the thing is, you still just take, take each person, I do individually, each person, listen to what they have to say, and then just try to explain why you think, you know, your thinking is different.
0: Most mm-hmm. so
2: people, if you tell them science, that's enough to turn them off. I mean, it's, it's better just to say, <laughs> what are your concerns? Like, what are your specific? And then then you can address those concerns and give and people the respect they deserve, you know, saying it. And then you, and you find out what you can. Like, I mean, I've seen mistakes. I mean, I still, I will tell you, I do not understand why they're allowing people to fly on an airplane without masks. That yeah. is a recipe for disaster. And it's so logical. And no one was
0: upset about it.
2: Like, but now the genie's out of the bottle. Once they said you mm-hmm. don't have to, then they're not going to. How do you
0: it? put it back in? Right. Yeah.
2: And I was like, people, most people were up, were understood it and they were okay with it. There were those were rebelling. But the reality was you felt a lot comfortable. I'd feel comfortable on a plane if I knew everybody else was wearing a mask because, again, by that same theory, less chance of spread. Mm-hmm. It's not the best environment, but less chance of spread. And, and, and I found that to be, you know, that was part of reflection of. We just, let's get back to normal. Let's just get back to normal. Well, the reality is some things aren't going to be that normal for a while until we get a hold of this.
0: But we're into our last couple of minutes and we have so much more ground we wanted to cover. So I'm going to reach out on my limb and extend the invitation to be able to discuss stuff with you again, not too far down the road. I know we wanted to talk about marijuana and the legalization throughout the country, I don't know that we want to get into Roe versus Wade, but oh, no. <laughs> certainly from a medical standpoint, interesting. And of course we wanted to talk about oh, I'm sorry, Brian. It was oh. the, the Met Philly game. The Phillies the mm. other night mm. <laughs> that was says huh. Brian's a big Phillies fan and Chris is a huge Mets fan. By the but, way, it was at the no hitter also against the oh, Phillies. Oh, that's right. You were. Yes. Yeah,
2: but I do have to tell you watching and for those who don't know watching the ninth inning of a game oh, oh. And your team implodes i was sitting here going i can't believe this i can't mm-hmm. believe it. the thing that you have to know if you live in philly in new york is philadelphia new york fans the mets fan traditionally come down and they fill the philadelphia stadium right um, and so half of it is it's great it's like let's go mets let's go mets they're screaming and philadelphia does what Philadelphia does they boo. They go. So you hear let's go Mets. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> you can hear it. Oh yeah. But both Philly and New York are vicious if they have the opportunity to to jump on the other. Oh, and brutal. this was yeah. open invitation for Mets fans. So the points where I think Philly's fans just said, "All right. I I give, I give." Yeah. That, that <laughs> was that was
1: that was a brutal loss. That was a that's a real yeah, brutal now, loss.
2: Now yeah. to the credit of the Phillies, they came back the next day and won. Yeah, one. Yep, one. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah. uh, I just think we have that, that New York Yankees manager that's killing us, but that's another whole story. Oh, yeah, going in a different direction. <laughs>
1: That'll uh, anyway. be another show. We can talk all sports with Doctor Brian McDonough.
2: Yeah, I we would could. enjoy that, but then he really got me at the amateur level. I, I would probably just <laughs> if that would infuriate people. And and, it, and when it comes to sports, I I I take off my doctor's uh, white coat and I'll be I will be just as aggressive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not the level-headed doctor that we deal no, no, with. No, no, no. yeah really oh, you're exactly. not one of those snowball-throwing philadelphia eagle fans are you uh, Santa Claus? That
2: story they just gotta bury that story i think i was <laughs> i was like six years old with- <laughs> <I> No, <know, laughs> really that is ancient i mean by the way it did happen and it's actually <laughs> a very funny story <laughs> apparently the Santa Claus was like a, a 140 pound Santa Claus that was
0: poor right there's a I scrawny that. Santa yes
2: they deserved to get pelted but that's another whole story uh,
0: hey, before Zoom dumps us we're gonna wrap it up okay. but uh Brian thank you so much as always for yes. your insight and uh, I wanted you to promote your YouTube channel because mm-hmm. I get to get star on it with, with you which was kind of cool you for
2: joining me it's it's the Dr Brian McDonough channel and uh it was great talking with you and the courage with you've dealt with the challenges you have. And I think it's a, it's a great story to hear and for people, all of us have our own different health challenges and
0: yeah.
2: to, to hear that. I thought it, it was, it was uh, first of all, thank you for joining. And also I think it's great to hear people talk about those things. And uh, I think it'll be wow. well received.
1: You do great work, continue great work. And Absolutely. we just love your level-headed approach to all of this. And I hope people, You know, understand the way you deliver the information. You're not preaching from a pulpit. It's nothing to be intimidated by. It's to understand and think. And I think you're a very thought-provoking person. And hopefully we can get more people on the logical side of all of this at the end of the day. And we appreciate you always taking time for us. Enjoy being a grandpa. And a middle-aged warrior. Yeah.
2: Well, as long as I'm
0: in that age group.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The days are dwindling. But stay well, my friend. The best to you and your family, okay?
0: We'll talk to you soon. Well, it's like I said to you before, you know, he is just a voice of reason, and he's the kind of guy you wish could be your doctor.
1: Yeah, I think he he makes it, for lack of a better way of describing it, he makes it difficult for people to push back, yeah. to dismiss what he's saying, because he's just saying it in a very calming, genuine way, and he's not preaching to us, he's not demanding of us to do anything. It's just a a very educated, calming suggestion of how we should move forward. And what I love about Dr. Brian is that he's willing to say, hey, look, we were wrong initially, but we were thinking we have to adjust and we adjust. We don't point fingers. We just adjust. Get it done. And that's what I love about him.
0: I love also the fact that he doesn't have any agenda. And that is just, you know, exactly what you (laughs) were talking about. Yeah. I've listened to him on the air in New York for years and have always thought so highly of him Mm -hmm. that to get him on the show with us um, and talk with him and get to know him a little bit better. has just been a real treat. And really, one of the things I'm very happy about. that we've been able to achieve.
1: Yeah. The first time I met him, I worked with him at uh, uh, WTXF in Philadelphia, the Fox station at the time. That was back in 1995. Wow. And I remember he would come on the 10 o'clock news and do some of his uh, medical reports sometimes. And, but he's always, he's you know, just always a class act and uh, just, I think, a really great conduit of information that's helpful and can keep us calm. And as you pointed out, when there's no agenda, there's nothing behind it. There's no purpose behind it other than to give information, be helpful. Um, it's funny how the tone changes, right? And, and yeah, he, it really. I, is. Think, I think he has nailed that. Uh, all right, from my end, um, I'm going to say sunshine always. Uh, I'm not even going to get into the Mets thing and the and the Scherzer injury. We'll talk about that on the next show.
0: <laughs> sunshine uh, always is what he says. I always say be good, feel good, which I, by the way, stole from Lionel Richie. If you ever listen to the end of All Night Long.
1: He's coming for you.
0: Be good. Feel good. (laughs) I always thought that was a great way to close the show. So uh, I'm Rick. He's Chris. You're you. This is Middle Age Warriors. And we expect you to be back here with us the next time we put something new up.
1: That'll work for me. I don't know about you, but yes. And of course, as always, the show is brought to you by Bet (laughs) Online.